Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to My Millennial Property. Emily Wallace here, joined by John Pigeon. And today we're talking all things the block. You've got a block somewhat nerd, aka me, and you've got a block, I don't know, what do we call you, John? A block. Blockhead. <laughs> what is a block? Yeah. Is it no, a- <laughs> if you're a blockhead, it means that you actually know oh, everything yes. about the yeah. show. No, I thought you were referring to me personally, but no, yes, that's... Um, <laughs> That is correct. We're opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't we, in terms of block following? But I'm keen to get the insights because I haven't watched it. I got some insights from my wife this morning on it, um, but keen to see what you can uh, extract from it all. Definitely. And we'll go down, because obviously it's reality TV and uh, there's a lot of things that are inflated, but we'll go through the actual property part of it. Not we don't, We're not here to talk about the contestants and the who's who and the drama. We're here to talk about the hard, cold facts. Um, so let's see what happened. Oh, we're recording on Monday, by the way. What happened last night on The Block? Let's do it. Let's kick this off by saying... You've got some insider information. I saw on your socials quite some time ago that you were privy to the location, where it was going to be set, who was involved. Like uh, you're a big timer in Melbourne. What uh, What's happening there? How did this all come about? <laughs> I, I would say I'm well connected, not a big timer, but I, uh, I have a close relationship with one of the winning agents from the previous season. And so I knew a fair bit about uh, what was going on. I didn't know the end results because they are sworn to secrecy very highly confidential from the auction time to the actual airing of the show, which is only 24 hours. But the, but outside of that, yes, I did get insight. I got to walk through all the blockhouses well and truly before the show aired and I got to meet the contestants. I've actually spoken to the contestants, um, some of them on the phone. So yeah, I f- I'm, I'm connected in the space and I've become passionate about it this year. Yeah, big timer. Yeah. So they were going out to country Victoria, weren't they? And they, and they pulled the pin on that, Dalesford or somewhere, weren't they? So last year's was actually out towards Gisborne, mm-hmm. which is out towards yep. Dalesford's Way. And then they were going to do a similar one, yes, this year. And they pulled the pin and they landed on a suburb called Hampton East. Now, just to set context for the rest of Australia who are not uh, across where that actually is, give you the, the lay of the land. Bayside, Melbourne is a really premium area. You've got Brighton, which most people know as Brighton, um, the very fancy area. The next suburb along is Hampton, which is a really nice suburb and Bayside. Hampton East is actually inland. I wouldn't say it's a beachside suburb. It's the beach side of the highway, but it's not really walking distance to the beach. Therefore, the land that they had to buy was more attainable and having five houses in a row was more doable okay. do um, we, to source so, the land. So do we call Hampton East the poor cousin? It, it is a bit of a poor cousin. And it, it, the particular area that they actually bought in, only a block and a half away is a high um, amount of housing commission, which they've failed to mention, which the prices, the price point of that area is nowhere near as high as some of the other pockets of Hampton East. Okay. So before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of these 
particular properties and what they paid and what it sold for and everything else. What typically would be your median house price in Hampton East, for example? Like, are we getting 400 square metre blocks? Are we 1,000 square metres? Like, what's standard and how much are we paying? Great question. So, a family sized home on a 600 square metre, but they're pretty much in between five and 600 square metres. Old homes, like probably built in the 40s or the 50s, you're looking sort of for an unrenovated, maybe around 1.4 ish for like a true renovator's delight, closer to the 1.92 mil for something that's maybe had a reno, t- you know, 10 years ago. New build, maybe 2.5 ish. Okay. I'm intrigued by this. So, if we cross the highway to Hampton and and then another level up to Brighton. What's the stepping stone involved there in terms of price point? Like un, unrenovated 500 square in, in true Hampton, are we talking two mil there or um, is it closer? We had a we had a client there at one point and I had two and a half mil and I couldn't buy them even a knockdown. Two and a half for a knockdown? For a knockdown. Wow. So you I'm talking like prime beach area, but yes. Um, so Hampton East and Hampton are both on the bottom side of the highway, but obviously Hampton is closer to the beach. Um, but yeah, the closer to the beach side, like you're really looking for a family home, like put a circle around three mil. Wow. So there's quite a discrepancy between the two suburbs and their and their median house values. Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it speaks for location, doesn't it? The beach versus non-beach, it's crazy. Yeah, but where my mind goes to this straight away is, hang on a minute, if there's a a, a five, well, a million dollar gap between like for like in, in both those two locations, yet you're only two minutes from each other, surely... Their, their poorer cousin, as we call it, will capture some of that um, that upside from the blue chip suburb. Exactly. And the block would have experts advising them on where to buy for, you know, long-term growth and things like that. They'd have to have some sort of science or mass, as you will, um, to this madness. So, yes, you're, you're spot on. It's It would be a suburb that gets people that can't afford Hampton, boil into Hampton East, and then the prices go up. And yeah, that's what happens. Because aside from the, the block and, and what they've done and the I suppose the, the, the TV drama of it all, um, just for, for property people out there, understanding these concepts allow you to, to achieve a better result than just the median or just the norm of investors or owner-occupiers. So um, Hampton East median house price at the moment, I'm just checking here live, is 1.4 mil versus Hampton at 2.3 mil. Right? Now you're saying they basically join each other. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, if it's like for like five hundred square unrenovated, there's a, a eight hundred to a million dollar discrepancy. I'm all over that poor cousin, and and because I, I, I to give c- listeners some understanding of this and where I'm coming from, it's like, well, okay, where does everyone want to live? Where do the majority of people want to live? Um, it's usually beachside, as beachside as possible as they can be in Australia, right, eastern, uh, well, any any coastal area basically. So we say, okay, Hampton, uh, I can't afford 2.3 mil. I want to raise my family close to the area, close to good schools, et cetera, et cetera. So I can afford 1.3 or I can afford 1.6 or 1.7. So I go to the suburb that's closest to it. And families and, and friends and, and everyone else are uh, have to, well, not have to, but 
basically follow that same trend because they physically can't afford that blue chip that they'd ideally want, so they get the next best thing. It's like, I don't know, going to Target when you when you ideally want David Jones. Yeah, exactly. Probably similar product, just, you know, slightly cheaper. Slightly cheaper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as a result of that, that demand of that particular suburb grows significantly because the regentrification process takes place, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I guess here's some insight. When you look um, just the next corridor closer to the CBD in Melbourne, in the, along that strip, you've got Brighton and then on the other side of the highway, you've got Bentley. Now, Bentley for the longest time was just, no, nah, people rid, would write it off. No, we're not having it in our search. We want Brighton only. And this is what ha- will happen to Hampton and Hampton East. The money trickled over the highway and now Bentley is unaffordable for a lot of families. So it's, you know, it does happen. And I think to be savvy in property and to be able to identify these trends as you touched on, John, is where you can make a lot of money. Mm, absolutely. So let's talk about this block caper. What um, okay, what went on? So, so just to fill you in, John, there's five five houses. The contestants are in, in pairs. Um, there are couples and sisters and all sorts of things. And uh, there were some wild results last night, okay, some really out-of-the-box results and then some what I would say more true market value results. And there was a lot of uproar on the way it was handled by one particular auctioneer. He actually – I know him personally and I felt really bad for him because he kind of got a bit dragged through the mud with his the way that he auctioned, but we'll get right. to that. Um, controversy. What I wanted – controversy. I mean, reality TV, yes. who would have thought? <laughs> who controversy. <would've> thought? <laughs> um, so let's go in the order of which the houses were auctioned off, okay. okay? Now, the first house, which I had tipped to win all along, as I said, I've been through all the houses. The reason this house I thought was going to win is one of the contestants, it was a couple, Steph um, and Gian. Steph is an architect, and you can tell walking through that house, everything has been thought out. Right. It's a beautiful home. It's got flow. Now, when they got their reserve, their reserve was $3.35 million. Okay, they had the largest reserve price. And as we just touched on those medians, mm. this is astronomical compared to what else you can buy in Hampton yes, East, right? Yeah. So would you say that 3.35 would be at the real top end of Hampton East? Um, I actually can't think of a property that's sold in Hampton East for that. I'd have to look it up, wow. but I cannot recall a property that's sold okay. for that much While in Hampton talking, East. While you're talking, I'm going to do it for you, okay? Yeah, because even Hyatt would be, which is the next suburb, would be lucky to get that price. So, wow. yeah, I mean, yes. Now, for context on this property, it was the largest by land. It had The land was 698 square metres, so just shy of 700. Now, here's an interesting fact for you, John. They bought, so the block bought this original house for the production for 3.5 million in 2022. 3.5 mil, okay? That 700 square block or the whole lot? No, just the block, just that one block. Now, think about it. They would have had to incentivize the owner to sell because they needed five in a row, Mm -hmm. but still 3.5. And it was the highest price they paid for any of the properties that they bought. Um, So that that vendor must have been pretty strict on their price, I think. Well done to that vendor. Well done. Um, so the reserve 3.35. Now I hope, well, I know you're sitting down cause I can see you just take a guess what it sold for. Just take a little guess. Okay. So they bought it. Well, the, the, the contestant doesn't really care less how much the block paid for it, right? They've just coming no. in to improve the property and, and try and get an emotional buyer to buy it. 
Um, yes. Okay. Their prize money is anything over the, over reserve, the reserve price. So they've got to hit the 3.35 okay. and anything else is prize All money. Right. So you told me to sit down. So I'm going to say four and a half. Higher. Wow. Wow. Uh, aren't it's we? Sold. We've had 12 interest rate rises about to have 13 and you, something selling for five mil when the median house price in the area is 2.5. Yeah, it sold for five mil. Five mil it sold five for. Mil. Now. The context, this is this is back to the actual logistics of the show, yes. the context of this. So the person who bought it, the previous bid I believe was 4.1 mil. So he raised it by 900K in one bid. He just wanted to buy it. He loved the house. It was the best house, 5 mil. Now, his name is Adrian Portelli. If you haven't heard of him, Google him, um, listeners. He is actually now being declared a billionaire. He has a home lottery business and last year he bought one of the blocks and he raffled off the um, property. And so, uh, yes, he got it for five mil. So the contestants took home $1.65 million in prize money. Wow. For what? Six weeks work. Well, it was 12 weeks of work plus, you know, all the PR stuff either side yeah, of it sure. and whatever. Okay. Yep. Didn't that Portelli dude um, take some stuff out of the home that someone bought? Is there, Was there a controversy there or something I heard? Well, look, it's a very timely news article, isn't it? Three weeks before an, an auction this year <laughs> when that happened last year. Did it? Right, you know? okay. There yeah. you go. Yes, he 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 did. Mm. Um, he was entitled to because the T's and C's didn't actually say that those items were included. Right. Um, but I think it's very timely marketing, yes. if you ask me. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. it got me in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And you don't even you don't even watch the book, no, but you knew that. That's right. There you go. Okay. That's interesting. So they'd be pretty happy this morning. Wouldn't they ever? Mm. Yeah. So, but I must say, so Gian, the contestant, actually called me and said, Emily, you know do you have any buyers for this? Because um, they they really wanted to win and they actually put the effort in. Like yeah. the, I don't know if the other contestants, well, they didn't call me, but I don't know if they called around more generally to ask. Like we need buyers because right. to win an auction and have, uh, you know, as any vendor would know, you need a couple of bidders to get the emotion going and to, you know, make it successful. Yes. So anyway, mm. they won. Um, they were the first house to bid. Now we'll do house, the second house, and then we'll take a break and unpack the other three. So... Um, the second house to be auctioned was house number five, which was the sisters, uh, Eliza and Liberty. Now, their reserve was 3.25. And in terms of what the block paid for it back in 2022, they paid 2.75 um, for the block itself. And the block was 630 square metres. So, the, so sort of the next biggest one. So, reserve of 3.25. Now, I'll give you a hint on this one. Same guy that bought the previous house also bought this one, Mr. Adrian Portelli. Oh, old, uh, bought this one as well. So Portelli. Literally. What do you think he paid for this one? Well, they paid less for the land. Why did they pay less for the land? Well, it was a little bit less land and maybe that vendor wasn't as strict as what they wanted for their mm. price. I don't know. I reckon the, the um, vendor of the previous one did really, really well. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh, look, four and a half. A little bit less, 4.3 mil, okay. this one. Um, so the the um, sisters took away over a million dollars worth of prize money as well. Jeez. Um, which is huge. It is. Huge. Yeah. Um, but can I just say, and this is why we're going to talk about the other three after the break, these two results, in my opinion, are not true market value when the previous bid was almost a million dollars less than what the sold result yeah, was. Okay. You'd, you'd, this is not, you don't go to auctions and bid in million dollar increments. No, you just don't. No, no. <laughs> and in fact, do you know what happened with this one? 
it was actually at 4.1 mil with Adrian and they were trying to get someone else to bid, trying to get it to go. He bid against himself to 4.2 and then he bid again to 4. He had an extra 200K on top of his own bid. So that in itself tells you what it's, you know. Corrupt. It's, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. Um, So that was that one. And uh, yes, then we will chat about the other three. But I think, you know, the biggest thing to note about the block, Mm. there's a couple of, people, uh, a couple of things people need to realise. Mm. Yes, it's real life, but not when you have someone who's going to make money off a home lottery raffle. You know, he's spending, he's he's spent, you know, just over nine mil to buy these two properties. Yeah, wow. Can you imagine the money he's going to make in ticket sales if you enter and you've got a chance of winning one of the two block houses? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, not on. Let's unpack the last two after the break. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
So House 3, which went third in the auction order, reserve of 2.97. The Block bought it back in 2022 for 2.75, so same as the previous one we spoke about. Now, this was the one that had the most controversy because the auctioneer who was auctioning it made a comment um, that made Mr. Adrian Portelli a little bit mad. It was like a bit of a dig about his raffle. And as soon as that comment was made, he turned turn sour. Right. He put his little bidding paddle behind his back and he was like, mm, I'm not bidding. I'm out. Yeah, so you rub it in the wrong way, it doesn't work for you. Mm. So uh, what happened was someone bid the – eventually the bidding went back and forth. Someone bid the reserve price and said, are we on the market? Now, as we all know, once you are on the market and you declare you're on the market, you have to sell, yes. you have to knock it down. And they were on the market. So the auctioneer said, yes, we're selling. Now, the contestants want as much money as possible, so they don't want that to be said. Uh-huh. Um, there was a bit of uproar about that. And so the sold result for that property was three million and thirty five thousand. So it was only sixty five thousand above the reserve. Oh. And these contestants certainly were edited to appear quite sour about oh. the And uh, they would be. Sixty five K versus a mil. Yes. Big difference for I can same, see that. same time period of work put in. Now who yeah. And and this is the whole emotion of it all, isn't it? Like it mm. could be uh, a, a better quality finish, it could be a better design. Like who knows? Well, you yeah. might know. Yeah. Who who do you think had the better house? Oh, house four by a mile. Yeah. Like literally I've walked through the past four seasons of the block and out of all four seasons, house four is the best house I've ever walked right. through. With the architecture Like there's background. no doubt about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So then the next auction was the fourth auction, which was house number one, same reserve, 2.97 for their reserve and um, – for context, they paid three mil for this. The block paid three mil back in 2022, so yep, not too much of yep. a gap. And they did slightly better, but not drastically. They had their property sell for 3.1 million. So wow. they made 130 in prize money, so double the previous one basically. Mm. And they were happy. They were they were quite content. They were okay yeah. about it. Now moving on to the final house, this was interesting. And this is actually a, tr- a proper reflection of what can happen. This one didn't sell under the hammer. Now, here's where the the drama comes in for you, John. When the filming happened for the first house, somebody in the crowd fainted. They fell to the ground. An ambulance was called. The auction had to stop. And that person who fainted was the key buyer for the last house. Oh, no. They ended up in hospital. So, and I actually, like, I know people will be like, oh, is that a stunt? Like, it genuinely wasn't this person actually... (laughs) That wasn't scripted. So the bidding got to 2.9 and the contestants said to their auctioneer, please just pass the property in. We'll deal with it privately afterwards and um, we'll probably get a better price. So they're comfortable that they'll get a sale. Yeah, and that result should come out this week. So, yeah, that's a wrap on like the disparity, right? Yes, and that's just emotion speaking, isn't it? And and obviously you've got a dude that's coming in that's a billionaire, he's got money to throw and he's going to get that money back through uh, through lottery sales. Like it's just, yeah, it's a bit of a scam. Well, (laughs) their website – the website where they sell the tickets crashed last Did night. It? Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. He's uh, people wanting he's it. smart, smart he operator. He's a smart cookie. Um, but mm-hmm. let, let's look at that situation. And, and I've just jumped on RP Data for 
for a bit of a look. And the, yeah. the top in the last two years, there's only 17 properties. Well, the, the top 17 have basically come up by price and they're all those ones that were actually purchased in Charming Street <laughs> two years ago or, oh, wow. uh, sorry, June 22, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, 18 months so ago. five of them. Yeah. So all those five are the top five. Now, there's a recent sale, 5 Lonsdale Avenue, Hampton East, uh, 24th of October, which is was two weeks ago. I'm looking it up. Four-bedroom, only 353 square of land, has a nice pool, um, two-storey, looks to be pretty pretty well done, nice throughout. It's sold for 2.45. Yeah, wow, and that's a lot of house. In terms of accommodation, I'm just looking at the um, yes. the floor plan there. It's got multiple living zones. Mm. It's got a huge master suite. It is. a it, It's a big house and like not the biggest block you'll see, but for two, under two and a half mil, arguably the most expensive property in Hampton East, um, for someone to be paying three mil for a, a house that needs renovating, right, is just overs, massive overs. And that's just uh, speaks to the drama of a TV show like this. And you can see why. And this is on a larger scale, of course. Like, whoever, if you were uh, uh, the average Joe that went and bought a property off the block like this, that your life depended on it, uh, whether you're going to make any money or not, right? This could be 20 years before they actually make a profit from this type of sale, right? Because you've paid a million dollars over what land value is and there's there's no upside because it's all newly renovated, uh, uh, newly constructed essentially. So, yeah, for on a smaller scale for everyone out there as investors or even just owner-occupiers that, that want to be – uh, wealth creators, so to speak, we've really got to understand what we're buying in a particular suburb and compare it apples for apples, not only in our suburb, but our surrounding suburbs. So are we buying in a suburb where blue chip is right next to us or are we buying in the most expensive suburb and everything else, else around us is uh, cheaper um, by nature as a, as a median house price? Because Hampton East, Looking on Google Maps, there's no ocean views. Like there's nothing There's nothing that separates one house from the other other than maybe a quiet street, right? Yeah, and also just like the division of being near the commission or not being near the commission housing as well. So it'd be interesting to see whether this puts Hampton East on the map a little bit more. Um, it might for the short term. Um, but so I'm just thinking on the spot here. And I'm looking at Hampton East saying, right, there's only one suburb between me and the ocean and that's Hampton. And that suburb is has a median house price of a million dollars higher than, than Hampton East, right? Now, albeit some of those sales might have been beachside and beachfront and beach views and ocean views and all these things. But all aside, if we were talking, if we we're playing in that sort of game where we can afford that sort of money, we've got to seriously consider a suburb like Hampton East because that median has so much of a discrepancy to the to the superior suburb next to it. I agree. And for future data, if you're looking into this sort of thing, like if this piques your interest, um, you'd have to take the block sales out of your data. Totally. Like, I, like anytime I look at a suburb, just like five sales over, you know, yes. you know, or around three mil, like you really have to take them out because it skews the data so heavily. Yeah, for sure. 
Something that you'll find interesting, John, mm-hmm. just to give context, as you're talking about these resales and how long it takes to actually build up the equity to make it profitable. Yeah. Now, here's one for you. The 2020 series was on Grey Street, St Kilda, which unfortunately doesn't have the greatest name. It's actually a really bad spot in St Kilda. Okay. Now, one of those properties is currently on the market for sale. Oh. So... They paid, and it was one of the people who was bidding yesterday, actually, who didn't win anything, Danny. Um, he paid $3.374 million. Right. Oh, sorry, 2019, four years ago. And it is now on the market for a quote range of 3.2 to 3.5. Ouch. And it's stuck. Like, I've no one's really... Right. Yeah. So so that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And if again, if their their life depended on this particular property as an investment, you can see mm. where people go wrong because they've just used emotion. Now, they don't know this person, but they may not need that money. He probably doesn't. He is also a multimillionaire. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you you still don't want to lose money, do you? <laughs> I don't no. care how much money you've got. You just it's a I don't know if it's a competitive thing or just a success thing, but you just don't want to lose money on an asset. No, not at all. Mm. It would be a bad decision. But it's interesting that it's up for sale. Mm. Like if you don't have to sell, why would you sell at a loss? Maybe they need to reallocate funds. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, very interesting. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's a a great insight, Emily. Yeah, and just one closing comment, if you don't mind for the general public of, you know, block watches. I think the interesting thing about the block and when you see buyers advocates and buyers agents on there, right? Interesting to note there was only one person, oh no, sorry, there were two people representing buyers. The reference point of a buyer's advocate or a buyer's agent sometimes comes from the block and people assume that you have to have a lot of money to be represented as a buyer. And it's actually such a skewed view of what reality is. Like, there are people spending, you and I both work with budgets, you know, 500K, 600K, like we're not spending multi-million, like on multi-million dollar properties, are we? Like it's a very big rarity. So yeah, I just think it's important to know the context that this is inflated, it's dramatised, it's not, it's not really real life. Yeah, well, and, and I suppose the the key takings, I suppose, for listeners today is, well, just understanding how we can do some research to come to a conclusion as to what something's worth and are we paying too much for something. Now, these these are exaggerated figures, aren't they, because of the the, the TV drama, but the, the concept remains the same. We, we look at apples for apples, like for like, in the suburbs that we're in, that we're looking to buy in, and then we compare them to suburbs around it and then we understand what's sold in the last six months, 12 months. Like, if you know where to look... It's not actually rocket science, is it? Exactly. And I think uh, research and education, as we harp on about all the time, but doing your research is absolutely key to making a smart financial decision. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I do have an association to the block, actually. Oh, tell mm. me more. Kyle, now you're Parker. Kyle and Cara from the, from the oh, Central Coast. yes. Yes. So oh. they put themselves on the... Uh, Headlines by winning, yes. yeah, way back when, wasn't it? I don't know when it was. I think they were like a 2017 or 2018 winner. I think so. Yeah. And then they came back, I think, last year, didn't they, or year before? Um, oh, yes, they had a season where it was like the, yeah, mm. all the people from previous ones. Yeah. yeah, so do we see them quite often around here? Oh, there you go. Mm, there it is. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Hopefully 
Uh, all the block lovers got something from that today. For those who don't tune into the block like me, hopefully we've learned a few things um, today as well, Emily. Yes, and the inside scoop on next year. Oh. They have bought a resort in Phillip Island, which Phillip interestingly Island. enough had only recently been refurbished. Okay. So I'm not really sure what the go is there. And I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's on Phillip Island. And uh, yeah, they'll start filming. I believe they start filming in March of next year. Mm, okay. Uh, just as stating the blatantly obvious, uh, those that are buying these properties, they're not long-term buy and holds. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, certainly not for the Adrian Portelli, mm. no. But generally speaking, no, they're not people. I don't even – I drive past quite a few sites of previous years and it doesn't even look like anyone's living in them, to mm. be honest. So that's a bit scary. Yeah, it is a bit of a worry. But anyway, yeah. there we go. Alrighty, rounding out the block. Thanks for tuning in. If you have questions um, that are not block related, that are just more property related for our normal sort of programming week to week, be sure to put them in the Facebook group, um, hashtag property. And if you do enjoy listening to John and I, please drop us a little review. We, it warms our heart when we see them come through. Um, and I think we sometimes forget to ask for them. So if you have a, if you're listening and you can have the ability to drop a little rating, we would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Career, My Millennial Money, My Millennial Daily, and Retire Right. Find these wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.